this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. folks, welcome to a brand new episode of 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Warren, and with me, as always, are my two wonderful RPG pals, Managing Editor Stephen Strom. Hello. Hello, I'm here, and if I sound a little loopy, you're going to find out why soon, but I <laughs> stayed up until about 4.30 this morning, um, feeling great, right after my first dose of the vacky oh, yesterday good. I'm, wait, wait i'm so happy for you that you got your vacky. yeah it was like a super smart confluence of events you know to like get uh this uh vaccine that supposedly has a bunch of side effects like nausea and like discomfort and stuff like that and then i was like oh, i should stay up uh, about five hours past my usual <laughs> bedtime so good call. It, was, it was a smart way to handle really it, smart way to handle it uh laughing in the background at steven's misfortune is a uh, future <laughs> contributor natalie flores hello Hi, I am vacuous as of yet. Natalie Flores, how are vacuous. you? Vacuous, interesting. Vacuous, yeah. Vacuous. Mm. Yeah, I've got. I've only got the one. The second one's coming in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah. Nice. Glad mm-hmm. we're. Glad you get, we're. You get that. Uh, I got the. Did you get that Johnson and Johnson. You get no, that I got, Pfizer. I got that Pfizer. What did you get? Got that Pfizer. I got the Pfizer too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pfizer. I don't know anything about. Johnson and Johnson, except for I was I just re-listened to all of or not re-listened. I, I got through my backlog of episodes of Friend Reunion, um, the podcast that mm-hmm, everybody can mm-hmm. go listen to on the fanbyte.com network at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Uh-huh. And I do remember you describing it. I think it was you describing it as they just took the no tears baby shampoo and put it into a needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, the Johnson and Johnson. They just mixed some vacuum, like some dead COVID and the no more tears shampoo. That's what they did. It's a, I think that's my favorite thing is that they're like yeah we we fast tracked it it's got like a 75 percent chance of working or whatever but you only just get one big needle i'm like all right no rules just right let's just go for it i mean when i did sit in the chair i that she was like i'm you're gonna get the pfizer today she tried to explain it i was like it doesn't matter just poke me i just want to be poked i don't care what's in it i don't care like what you're doing i just need to get poked anyway um, that's a good mentality to have just because like i know that lately especially as um eligibility is opening up for even more people um it is important to know that just any vaccine is better than no vaccine i've spent time like looking up which is the better vaccine like i'm sure a lot of people are Um, but just for our listeners if you get the opportunity to get vaccinated whether you think you know the vaccine that's available to you might not be the best one any vaccine is better than no vaccine and it is helping you and the people around you yeah uh that's true and what uh what is also better for you 
and uh, for those around you, is uh, Square Enix. That wasn't the best. <laughs> you know what? That wasn't the best segue we've ever done. Arguably, but we're gonna go no, with it. We're gonna go with it. Debatably, Square Enix. Yeah. Debatably, uh, they did do a uh, presentation last week. I think it was the day after our episode dropped. Uh, so we've had a, a week week to ruminate on some of the announcements that they had in their spring presentation before they do a summer presentation that should replace their uh, typical E3 showcase. Uh, and we saw uh, a lot of games. Like we saw some surprises. We saw some stuff that we yeah. expected um, and, and definitely some stuff that um, uh, we've been hearing about for a long time, but now uh, is finally revealed. So we want to talk about those games this week, uh, as well as maybe some speculation about what we might see in the summer. Um, whew, where should we start with this thing? I think like I, 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 we could just go in order of like, okay, let's let's find the least amount of meat on the bone and then go up because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, they started with an Outriders showcase, which is kind of an RPG looter shooter. And I've got, yeah. I've got to say, like, you know, a few folks were in the beta um, uh, here at Fanbyte and elsewhere, and I don't know, I didn't really pay attention to any of that coverage, uh, just to be totally honest. But this trailer actually kind of looked okay to me yeah. in terms of, mm -hmm. like, one of these games i was like oh, all right like it seems a little bit different and like you know i it's different enough to make me go okay well if i ever wanted to get back into something like this maybe this is uh, something i can check out but uh i don't know what did y'all think of what did y'all think of that first i don't know it was like 10 minutes of the presentation about outriders yeah i think I mean, it's it's something that they clearly want to really invest in. Um, the Outriders Twitter recently posted that um, in the uh, current demo, um, the stats are over 2 million players in one week, 9.5 million hours of the demo played, 4 People hours like and 20 minutes of average yeah. playtime. And there are several classes. And interestingly enough, each one is sitting at a pretty even number in terms of like, there's no one class that seems to be vastly played more than the other. There is one class, I believe it's the, is it the, the destroyer or something like that, that has the least um, percentage played. Um, is that the tank class? Yeah, that looks like the tanky one. I don't okay, know, that's I one I actually want to play. I did not play. I didn't. I didn't play it either. I just watched this showcase and I no. Uh, I think read the, some of the coverage the, on the site. The destroyer or whatever was the. Uh, yeah, that's that's the tanky one. The, the right. kind of yeah. the big dude, the big dude with the gravity stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that each class is getting its fair share of love. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, also last week, uh, I believe after the presentation, or just at least close enough to it that it made a lot of headlines, uh, the shooter is getting on Xbox Game Pass. Um, yeah. Microsoft confirmed that Outriders will be part right. of the Xbox Game Pass library when it releases next month. So, by the way, um, if you have pre-ordered that game, first of all, uh, don't pre-order games anymore. <laughs> second, <laughs> second of all, if you have, if you are a subscriber for Xbox Game Pass and you have pre-ordered this, uh, Microsoft does not automatically cancel your pre-order. So, what right. you want to do is manually cancel it in your settings or you know in your pre-order whatever um wow but look at natalie looking out for the people <laughs> looking out for the consumers um <laughs> save your money natalie, consumers consumer advocate <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> call me the uh, the quartering too but like no, latina jim sterling oh but my like, god we have but to like stop. the actually fine one the like actually like not fucking crazy one anyway. <laughs> um the one that doesn't abuse and harass minorities and especially women in gaming um but yeah, so it's going to Xbox Game Pass, which means that it'll open up the field to a lot of new players, especially under the Xbox ecosystem. Um, it is releasing on April 1, 2021, so pretty close. I mean, that's like, what, in a week? Wait, is April next month? Yes, yeah, March, what? April. That's, yeah, that's, that's in a week, yeah. Yeah, Ten pretty days. much in a week. Yeah, yeah. And Three also, years. it's interesting that this has full cross-play and free next-gen upgrades. Um, they've been very, the developer called People Can Fly has been adamant about, you know, doing updates in terms of, like, old school, you know, a lack of microtransactions. Um, <laughs> and there's an evident sort of, they really positioned the fact that this supports full crossplay, and it is out on basically, it will be out on basically every console besides the Switch. Yeah. So they are, they are doing everything in their like Rolodex of possible things that they could say to get people's like goodwill rolling that makes this game sound like um, anything but <laughs> The, the Avengers, Avengers. <laughs> put out. Yeah. Like, uh, Screen Enix put out uh, the last uh, live service loot game that they put out was obviously like a huge disaster. And it's just like, OK, all that fucking shit we fucked up last time. You guys are going to get it right. <laughs> you made painkiller, for God's sake. Well, you know what you're doing. And it's so interesting, too, that like, you know, the, the lines are being drawn between Sony and Microsoft here in a really interesting way, because like I'm, I'm still old enough. And I mean, this ages me, but it's like I'm still old enough to associate Square very, very closely with like like the PlayStation brand and like, that's yeah. it. So mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, it's like them starting to show up on Nintendo switch that feels very nostalgic because that's where they, you know, really originated. Um, and uh, on Nintendo consoles and like, you know, uh, years and years and years of like this kind of association with square. And now they're like correcting this massive, massive mistake they've made with, uh, Marvel's the Avengers by saying like, okay, we're like ride or die Microsoft for this one, which is like, I don't know. It's super interesting to me. Um, it but, is, yeah, we'll especially when you out. consider that tomorrow, the whole Kingdom Hearts collection is coming out on Xbox right. Game Pass. Right. So, I mean, I am a baby in comparison to John, um, but I also do associate <laughs> Square Enix with uh, PlayStation and Sony. So it is interesting to see this really significant and uh, obvious shifts into supporting the Microsoft ecosystem. Right. Um, Specifically with like new IPs though, I don't feel sure. like I necessarily associate um, uh, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or anything yeah. with uh, Microsoft at this point. I guess right. Dragon Quest Eleven is out on um, that Pass, console now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Game Pass. I don't know what the fuck to call it. I every time I say Xbox Series X, I'm like, well, what about the Xbox Series S? The Xbox family of consoles is too long to say. <laughs> um, whatever the fuck you just want to call say, it. Just say it on Xbox. Xbox. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. you're right. Um, but. Final Fantasy 14 is not on Xbox still. Um, it yeah. is coming to PlayStation 5 right. in like a couple weeks now. Like mm -hmm. the open beta is, is launching for that. Um, they did an interview not too long ago, basically saying that they had looked into it, but it just didn't make any sense for them. So it definitely seems like they are um, supporting Xbox. Um, whole hog in like 
these kinds of ways um, with like the new stuff, but it doesn't necessarily translate into bringing their like flagship franchises over, which is kind of a funny mirror of what happened at the beginning of the Xbox 360 era, yeah. where it was like, here's a bunch of um, games from names that you recognize for these consoles, like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey and stuff like that, but none of the actual names of video games that you recognize coming to those consoles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, really wild. I, the thing with Outriders is that it is, it's, it's mostly like a kind of, it's not really a service game, right? Like that's, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting because it is, it, it seems an awful lot like a service game, you know, when you, when you <laughs> yeah. glance at it and it is Square Enix destiny to me, at least right. from an ignorant perspective as someone who doesn't really play these games. Right. Or like the division. Cause it's technically a cover shooter, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Interesting. The division that remember the division, I remember the division. <laughs> I do. Um, unfortunately I do remember the division. Uh, we tweeted about it. Almost got canceled. Remember that? Um, I do remember anyway. that when a bunch of people got very mad at a black man for tweeting about <laughs> um, yeah, politics in America. Yeah, I do remember that. It's funny. Um, anyway, I, do you feel, I mean, Natalie, I know how you feel. You're going to ignore the shit out of this game. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, going to remember it. Um, yeah. I may pick it up on Xbox. Like, I may try it. It's such an easy, this is the, 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 the magic of Game Pass. Like, if it comes to yeah. Game Pass, I'll go... All right, like it's gonna be on that little menu as soon as I fire up the thing. I might as well just download it and see if it's uh, something I'm into. Um, right, uh, I'm kind of yeah. thinking the same thing. Not gonna lie, because I've seen, I don't know if I've seen like consistently positive things on Outriders, but it feels like something that everyone forms a specific opinion on. I don't think I've seen like glowing impressions, but there are some people who really like. Like there is. There's one specific person uh, that even commented and replied on Twitter to the Outriders like stats graphics and whatnot, that post about like, you know, flexing. Um, they've played over 250 hours of the demo, I believe, like this one dude specifically. And so I'm like, huh, there I to don't be believe that. He, yeah. he, he even posted a answer. screenshot. He posted a screenshot with his reply and they even put in the infograph, one person has played over 250 <laughs> hours. This is and, the one <laughs> Outriders pervert. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> here's his number. Here's everything about yeah. him. Yeah. I think that was a really funny one that they included among the like you know something trillion damage that they right. you know use yeah, to yeah, yeah. be like oh big number look obviously yeah. big number because like Pub people are killing things in this game time. yeah right, but that yeah. was an interesting one that was placed in there and he really did reply to the tweet and even posted a screenshot with his hours i think it's like 250 or 245 something like that but like there is one specific guy that really loves this game. So I'm like, huh, like, I wonder what he got to see in this joint. Cause like, that's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a I mean, the actual answer is that nobody told him that new consoles have rest mode. So he just has been living <laughs> uh, the whole time. Like uh, NES. Yeah. <laughs> It's his only heat source is Xbox, so he's got to like. <laughs> uh, oh, Jordan, was this you? Yeah. Wait, oh, were you running out? Oh out no! Oh, oh no! Dad. Flashbacks <laughs> to the winter storm. No. Oh, um, no. So thanks they had for a, the Xbox, Ted Cruz. Yeah. Oh God, God, you've said Natalie, you've said the quartering and Ted Cruz on this podcast. <laughs> this what is, will no, she this do is next? Not good. This is not good. Um, 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I think we can move on. I mean, Outriders looks pretty cool. Um, way cooler I just, than I I thought it would look. I still I still think this is going to be one of those like nothing things. Honestly, mm-hmm. it just seems. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it has the momentum. But I don't know. Like I think this is a good test, especially for. Um, especially for Microsoft to see if like game pass can move the needle on a game that I think didn't have a whole lot of momentum behind it. Right. So what are you going to say, Steven, I heard you like inhaling. Yeah. I was just going to say that like, yeah, it seems fine. And everybody who I've talked to who has played the demo basically comes with the same story that the world and tone of the game fucking suck, but the actual gameplay is way more fun and satisfying than you would think. Um, the problem is that it's just, such a saturated market at this point for mm-hmm. loot games, especially loot shooters and stuff. Monster Hunter is not a loot shooter, but that's coming out on Friday right, right. now. And that's, that's Steven reviewed it, by the way. Yeah. I did review it. You can go and uh, listen to our review podcast in the channel F podcast feed or go read my written review on fanbyte.com. Yeah. But there's that. Destiny is like in a better place right now than it has been for a very long time they're going through some very radical changes over there warframe just put out like a huge update that um rejiggers like a lot of that game right now um there's a bunch of new stuff like coming down the pike like there's just so much stuff um happening all the time and this still feels like we're in the y'all remember like dawn gate no. No. Okay. I, I, <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on that silence. I was like, I hope we just remain as silent as possible. No, I don't remember this at all. I don't remember this at all. Steven, no. what is Donkey? <laughs> I just remember that like era of um League of Legends was the biggest thing on Earth, so every publisher on oh. Earth said, we need to have one of these. Mm. So Warner Brothers made a DC Superheroes MOBA. EA made a MOBA called Dawngate for a little while. That was actually very good um, and fun, but like they shut them down within five minutes or whatever. And I feel like we're just seeing this same cycle that we've seen repeat. Like when when you're in this business long enough, you just see this kind of cycle happen. Before MOBAs, it was MMOs. And before, you know, between those two, it was like, you know, mobile games or whatever when EA was putting out the Dungeon Keeper mobile game or whatever to get off on like um, Clash Royale, not Clash Royale, the other game. The Clash of Clans, Clash, Clash of, of Clans. Clans. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but like it seems like like it's going to be a totally fine game. And I think that it is smart of them to say, hey, it's not a service game because like I th- I think they probably started development of this game as a service game. And then at like some point yeah. during development saw what happened to Marvel's Avengers and were like, we cannot compete with this very crowded market. So we need to pivot our messaging on this as drastically as possible into just like a thing that people can play yeah. the well, as a normal video. The game. well is poisoned on service games, just like a, mm-hmm. as an idea right now. Like I think if you're going to start a service game, it needs to be, halo infinite or whatever and that's about it like i just don't i just don't think there's like a whole lot of room for for new challengers right now um one game that is wait i want to say before we move on i want to fact check myself the class is not uh destroyer it is devastator so i just want to apologize to all devastator mains out there listening to this (laughs) and i want to tell you that you're hot and have the best personalities okay we can move on (laughs) i would also like to fact check natalie real quick to say that she is nothing like quartering (laughs) i was like like, the only people you'll bully are your uh, white co-workers that's it Uh, so another game that was announced that uh natalie i know you were 
uh, very excited about uh, is uh, the next Life is Strange game. Uh, yes. so not called Life is Strange 3. Crucially, crucially, everyone. Crucially. I have confirmed it with a friend. It is crucially not the same thing as Life is Strange 3. So a friend who works on the team. Yes. So. Um, Life is Strange True Colors comes out September 10th of this year. It's a one and done. You don't have to wait uh, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. In weeks for like, the episodes, it's just all. It, it actually at does once. have, like, so it'll be structured like Tell Me Why. There will be chapter breaks. Like, Tell Me Why I had chapter right. one, two, and three. This will be the same thing, um, but just essentially Life is Strange 2, which is a fantastic game that more people need to play. And that really is the best game in the series by a long shot for me. Um, the wait between episodes really killed the momentum for that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you ask a journalist, you ask a PR person. Um, during my internship, we did a case study on Life is Strange 2, and it's just so glaringly obvious, unfortunately, that the wait between episodes was so long and contributed to so much of the silence around that game and the, like, minimum hype and press coverage, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, and it's understandable because like every episode takes place in a different setting. It, it functions like a road trip, right? So although right. you have the two main characters, you essentially get, get a different cast in each episode. So it is super ambitious. It totally understandably, it took very long for those episodes to come out. But Again, unfortunately, that contributed to the detriment of the game sales. So now what they're doing is really just pivoting to a full, you know, these are episodes that you can take breaks. You can like, you know, go to the bathroom or something or talk about it with a friend. But like these will all come I bet you were describing things you could do in the yeah, game. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Like, Alex Chen can go to the bathroom. And like Alex Chen can go to the bathroom, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it does function like Tell Me Why, which is also on Game Pass, um, since we're talking so much about Game Pass today. Uh, yeah, it's split up into different chapters, but they're all going to be released that same day, September 10, 2021. Now, you uh, play a beta Z. Uh, uh, what? 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 You play a beta Z. Betazoid? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Steven, what is happening? You keep saying things that right we now? don't get. In the game, Life is Strange, True Colors, the premise is that you are Marina Sirtis oh, you, from Star oh, Trek The Next Generation. Okay, listen, Natalie and I, we share one brain cell, and neither, and, one brain cell. And, neither, and neither one of us has ever used that brain cell to watch Star fucking Trek, okay? We don't know what Star Trek is. We don't know what this is. I've Googled this just now. It's a Star Danielle, Trek Danielle, please yeah. come save me. I was just like, okay, well, for sure. Sure, Steven, Nanu Nanu, you play as a baby. Yeah. Whatever. Um... I love how yeah. this specific episode just exemplifies how John and I share one brain cell. Because Steven, it's twice now, except the third time. <laughs> <laughs> Steven is yeah. like, hey, do you guys know this? And we're like, <laughs> no. The only thing um, I've watched is 90 Day Fiance. Anyway. <laughs> Um, no, I think, I think like, but you're right, Stephen, uh, after doing two seconds of research, uh, Alex Chin's superpower in this is not like time travel or whatever the fuck the other one was. I'm sorry. I've never played Life is Strange. Um, you gotta, or uh, else I'm quitting. You gotta. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like empathy. It's like supercharged empathy. And it's almost like a, uh, um, uh, a synesthetic 
uh, empathy. So you see these colors emanating from people, which indicate certain emotions, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's like a super empath. Uh, I wonder what my color would be, or like, I guess the colors change with your emotions. Like I bet anger is red and joy is yellow or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because so. like the first one was time travel. The second power, the, the second game's powers were telekinesis. And that was interesting because you played as Sean Diaz, but Sean isn't the one with powers. It's his little brother. So like the ways in which you reacted to the environment and the people in it affected uh, Daniel's morality and his way of seeing the world because children are so impressionable. So then that would impact the ways in which he would use his powers. Um, but now we're returning to playing as someone who actually has the powers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I, it, first of all, this was leaked well in advance. Um, yeah. So I leak Enix, like be Square Enix, leak Enix, like just being like, <laughs> you know, coming back. Um, but that is unfortunately the case. I, I wonder how the folks on the team felt, but I'm glad they got to reveal it in such a satisfying manner during the presentation. Um, you, like we've said before, it stars Alex Chen, a young woman with psychic power of empathy. Um, the story is that her brother dies in a so-called accident, and so she has to embrace this volatile power to find the truth. And she is, by all respects, an empath, and that means, you know, that's good in the sense that, like, she is able to empathize with people and feel their emotions, but also she has to be careful because other people's emotions can take over hers in like dangerous ways. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see sort of like how the other characters impact the protagonist as the one with the powers. Cause like, yeah. like I said, with life is strange too, it's, it's how you impact Daniel. And this will be uh, life is strange. One was more about like Max having full agency and exploring that agency on her own. And now we're sort of, we're going to like an inverse situation of life is strange too, where other people will have really unexpected uh, influences on Alex because she can't, she can't control other people's emotions. She can relate to them, but it doesn't seem like she'll be able to just like, you know, tell someone, oh, like, don't be so angry. You know, like it's right. just life. <laughs> how, do, how do you think it's going to impact the gameplay? Like they, they alluded to the idea that, okay, if you use your powers too much or something like that, your the other people's emotions might overtake you. Do you think that if you use your powers in ways that hurt you, it basically eliminates like ways you could talk to people around town. Like you're too angry not to give like an empathetic, nice response to someone. Like how, how do you think that is going to turn out with the actual gameplay? Steven, do you have an idea? Cause I don't. Oh, <laughs> of, of all of all the people here who would have an idea i don't i don't know why that's so weird that you're passing the buck it's just like i played all these games i'm obsessed with them i'll talk about them until the end of time you asked me one question about the mechanics and i passed the fucking buck immediately uh steven what do you think um famous player of life is strange steven strong is i played the first game okay. and and the the prequel to that one okay. as well i reviewed life is strange one okay. um and i liked it a lot and then uh, i feel like the next five years after that game came out has just been everybody telling me how stupid i was for liking that game so i just kind of checked out <laughs> oh no oh no um, I, I will tell you that 
You're not stupid for it. I won't respond when you ask me about some obscure reference or maybe not even obscure because Star Trek is not some indie that is obscure and the cultural zeitgeist, but like. Well, for you yeah. and I, it is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think they've shown enough. And that's exactly what I'm most in the dark about, like how right. that gameplay will actually function because i just see home girl like stretching out her hands kind of like max and like feeling the auras around people but i'm not right. seeing as of that trailer i'm not seeing exactly how she's manipulating them yeah, or I like mean, how and why we, and we can only she's manipulating anybody. yeah i don't think yeah. she is either i think you're right steven i don't know what steven what do you how do you think it might impact the gameplay since you've you've played the original I assume that you're actually completely right, John, with the idea that like I, I kind of foresee like your uh, dialogue options changing depending on what mood you have absorbed right. and like um, the game kind of pushing mm. you in a direction. I feel like it's become more and more of a thing since the telltale days of um, I think it was the wolf among us was the first one, maybe where basically every single time that you had a dialogue option in that game, you could just like choose to be silent and not say anything, which <laughs> made for some incredibly funny interactions. If yes. you just did like a full silent playthrough <laughs> of an adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> um, that game was but, so like, good. Yeah. I like Wolf Among Us a lot as well. Um, but like, I feel like there's been a push in that space of um, dialogue driven adventure games to kind of like, encourage players to know that sometimes um, not pushing forward and not asking a question and not push like pushing boundaries too hard is actually a good thing. And like, I think even Undertale, I'm all over the place with these metaphors, but Undertale is another game that is like very much focused on like, you don't need to know everything and uh, like exploit every little part of these people's lives, especially for a game about empathy, mm. not prying into absolutely every aspect of every individual NPC's like interiority and their thoughts and emotions and stuff like that all the time. Mm. If they don't want to talk about it, it's kind of like a thing. So I think you could get potentially punished for um, trying to go too far and the way that you could potentially be punished. I, like the, the most reductive version of it I can imagine is you absorb red energy off of this guy and so you get red dialogue options that normally you would only get if you had like yellow would say something else you know mm -hmm. um renegade uh paragon type thing um yeah. so that's kind of my idea yeah that's kind of like where i picture it going yeah steven you're so smart yeah it's true like, i'm genuinely. always saying this yeah thank you natalie because um, I, I have no idea i'm like yeah i love life is strange that so least, like, there will be ever. more colors there will be more colors that's yeah. all i know <laughs> i mean we've seen red yellow blue um purple yeah i think that's it uh, but yeah the I, twist is that there's actually a fake color at the end Ooh, wow yeah love it um love that but it's, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this um, as a huge <laughs> fan of like, wait, John, were you going to say something and I just totally I, I, interrupted you? Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, OK. Anyways, uh, I'm very excited for this <laughs> as, as a huge fan. Um, interestingly, uh, there will be separate editions of this game, and I'm excited to get my hands on the ultimate edition, which will have a DLC focusing on Steph, who is one of your two romantic interests. Um, it's Steph and some dude that I don't fucking know his name because <laughs> I know I just, I, I, I'm always gay in Life is Strange. I, I, I hope they I hope they release the stats for that game. <laughs> 
of like who picks who. And I bet it's just going to be the most lopsided shit that's ever happened. Like, I'm sorry, but if you romanced Warren and Life is Strange 1, you're getting memed the fuck on and you deserve it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's, and I mean, part of me is like, oh, yes, like, the queer option is getting the more, you know, content. But ultimately, it's because Steph was a character in Before the Storm, right. Life is Strange, which was the Life is Strange installment that Deck Nine, the developer on this game, uh, created. So they're bringing back and tying things to the larger universe using that character, oh. it seems. Um, so I expect that will be a prequel episode focusing on like how stuff went from being in Arcadia Bay to going to Haven Springs. Cause like I, I never got around to playing life is strange too, but they kind of established like there's almost like an X-Men thing going on, right? Like there's super powered individuals popping up all over the world yes. at this point. Yes. Right. And they've also made it clear that they don't plan on like, any, at least anytime soon, they don't plan on addressing like why these people get these these powers. It's all about focusing on the powers and like the consequences of that. But like, whereas other superpower stories really focus on like trying to establish the lore for why these people got these superpowers, Life yeah. is Strange is really unconcerned with that in general. And I thought that was, I know people had issues with it, but I thought it was refreshing um, just because like it's it's nice to have a change of pace. I mean, all the best issues of the X-Men comics were all the ep- issues where it was just them playing baseball for an entire <laughs> right. like yeah. book. Um, yeah. So like, right. honestly, making an entire franchise out of that idea is actually super cool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, th- this awesome. one, th- this one's kind of got me. Maybe. Oh, sorry, Natalie. No, oh, no, 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 please, no, please go. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I was just going to say, like th- these other games in the series, uh, I'll, I will admit, don't don't grab me because there is an element of these games that is usually um, overwrought for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like these very, um, very emotional high stakes kind of interpersonal games that have come out over the past few years. Uh, I tend to think it's actually pretty difficult to get them right for me, just for my yeah. taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I've always kind of been a little hesitant to try life is strange, but like, this one is interesting me just because it's not episodic. That's actually a pretty big selling point for me. Um, yeah. And, and also just like, I don't know, I, I, I've, I enjoyed the, the, the presentation. I enjoyed the trailer. Like the voice acting seems like super competent. I think it has been before too. It just mm-hmm. is something that grabbed me uh, this time. And also um, uh, Zach Garris, is he a game director of this game? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I re- remember you just buttery, saying immediately buttery I mean, voice. What buttery voice. I was, that was unbelievable. He was giving this presentation. He was just like, in life is strange. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was like ASMR. It was crazy. Um, but I'll probably buy that game just for that. Uh, especially if there's director's commentary just for his voice. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. but like they're coming out with a package that has, uh, um, life is strange one and, uh, before the storm remastered connected to it. And I'm kind of like, you know what? I'll probably take the plunge because, um, I'll, I'll, I'll play this one. I'm interested in it. And it seems like a good jumping on point for, for the stuff I've missed. So, uh, yeah. And I've yeah. seen some, I've seen some comments about like, oh, why isn't Life is Strange 2 included in that remastered collection? I really don't think it's that they don't love Life is Strange 2. I personally know that like the folks on those teams will ride or die for that game. Um, but it's, it's that- It's probably just too new, right? Yes, exactly. It's it's too new. Uh, Life is Strange 
one and before the storm just look vastly different um from two so like or like they don't look vastly different but they certainly look older and so this is just yeah. catching them up to speed um life is strange, probably have a vested recent, you know they have, they probably have a vested interest in just continuing to sell new copies of life is strange too but i bet those previous two games have fallen down below the barrier to entry where it's just like okay these aren't selling right. like new copies enough at this mm-hmm. point yeah. so we might as well just like use them as a bonus yeah but, yeah yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, it, it's interesting that this Life is Strange also will be getting, since we are an RPG podcast, like we we plan to talk about like Square Enix Presents in general because we associate Square Enix with RPGs, but like Life is Strange for all intents and purposes, my, like you could argue it because like you, uh, this is the first Life is Strange game where you're, you'll be able to change your outfits. So um, I know that the Ultimate Edition is bringing four Life is Strange hero outfits, um, but I imagine there will be more and they made a point of showing that in the presentation. So I think that's cool. Just another like role-playing element to um, this specific protagonist. And you get to walk around in this game. That's not something like in the explore the like, actual hub of Haven Springs. Um, so I think that is like really interesting how you're going to get to explore kind of every inch of the town, it seems. Yeah. Um, or at least that's the way it was marketed. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way they showed it. So Yeah, and I, I think- just think... Ooh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think that's a fun way to do that. Like one of my favorite games of the last couple of years was Disco Elysium. That was oh, all yeah. about like, right? Yeah. It's all about the idea of just like exploring like a very densely populated like square city. Block yeah, it's like a city of, of block. It's like two blocks of it. So it's like not a massive, but it's so dense. It's so unbelievably mm. dense. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. To, when is the next week? The new edition next week yeah. with the voice yeah. acting. Oh yeah, with God. the voice acting. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I got to yeah. play that because yeah, I think the voice should. acting yeah. will will change it up for me because there's so much text in that game and there's it's a, a little hard to read. Yeah. yeah. So I'm no stranger to a lot of text, but just I found it hard to read a little bit. Uh, so. that That's going to make a playtime's balloon, too, because like there are definitely parts and now we're getting totally off track, but it's like, <laughs> but that's fine. But it's, an it's, RPG. it's an RPG, but it's like, yeah, there, there are times when I played through it the first time that I was like, OK, I'm skimming this. I shouldn't be, but I am. And now that there's full voice acting, I'm like, okay, this playthrough is going to be like 10 hours longer than, than it yeah. was before. But it's like, uh, I don't know. The voice acting, acting was so strong in the original yeah. release. So oh I'm my super God. excited. What, what voice acting there was. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Like every part of the brain that speaks to you is just like, they, they mm-hmm. could not have cast and directed those roles yeah. better. It was really cool. So, uh, but yeah, that's next week. It comes out for PS4, 5, and... PC? PC? I think it's a free upgrade it's a free on PC upgrade. if you already own. So, yeah. I already have the Squalizium, so free upgrade, baby. Yay. Yay. Um, yay, yay. Um, <laughs> another, uh, do we have anything else to say about Life is Strange or should we move on? I just I just want to say that I, I think Life is Strange is a wonderful series. It's certainly one of my absolute favorites. Um, it has been so integral to me personally in like myriad ways. Um, I think... The timing of this announcement, especially after the Atlanta shootings, was really nice to see. Just like we have an Asian American queer young woman um, who is taking, you know, center stage in this entry. And 
I think it's exciting. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with empathy because when I interviewed Christian Devine, who wrote uh, the Don't Nod at Life is Strange entries, um, he was quick to sort of identify the concept of empathy as the series DNA. And I truly think that, like, I truly agree with that. I think each of these games is so dedicated to having empathy and showing the lies of people that don't normally uh, get our perspectives, you know, celebrated and um, our pain explored and our identities sort of entangled in really complicated, sometimes messy ways. And so just seeing, you know, a bisexual woman of color leading the next life is strange as someone who is bisexual and found out she was bisexual because of the first game and as a woman of color who really connected with the second game obviously as a latina now getting sort of you know it's kind of like oh like when i played each one it was sort of like i have to like i'm I'm not getting a a full scope of like my identities and so even though alex chen is asian american like seeing a queer woman of color, like specifically in the one protagonist, like that is just really cool to me and really exciting. So I, I think they'll, um, I hope they'll do a, a good job of it. I, I have faith that they will. I think there's a lot of sensitivity and um, they're having comments about, you know, the majority white uh, sort of like leads on the team. Right. Um, but I have been, Told that there is a lot of diversity in terms of like the writing. Um, I follow the lead writer on Twitter and they are definitely not white. Um, and so I'm interested in finding out more and interviewing the folks at Deck Nine perhaps in the coming months to get a better idea of how that makeup is and like how Life is Strange continues to explore these stories that aren't given authority to take center stage in other games. Yeah, no, that's that's all super important, and I know I know this game, this this franchise is just like really resonant with a lot of folks that are in our orbit. So yeah, I mean, anytime one of these comes out, it's it's usually a pretty big, pretty big deal for folks, which is great. I'm, I'm thanks for yeah. sharing. That. I, Square Enix showed off another game with a <clears throat> leading woman of color. Yeah, as well. yes. right, yeah, they did. Even, a it JRPG was, led by a black woman is pretty wild. Forspoken. Yeah, pro- well, Forspoken, yes, which used to be called Project Athea, which was revealed last year. It got like a very vague trailer with like a dragon and some stuff in the woods and blah, 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 blah. Look cool. Uh, but now we know that it's called Forspoken. Which is a really interesting title. Uh, that's all I'll say about the title of this game is Forspoken. Um, People used to think it was the name of the next Final Fantasy fourteen expansion right. back when rumors were going around. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, forgot about I think that. it's funny to see it now and see what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. and it's from Luminous Produ- Productions, the folks that made Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, and <gasps> yes, what? Oh, did you just? <laughs> Natalie's just barfing on the other. On the other, oh god. Okay, well, it's no Final Fantasy twelve. No, it's not nearly as good. No, it's not I actually, good. I, yeah, I'm gonna give Final Fantasy twelve another try this year. We're I very bet. excited about that. It's gonna be bet. really good. We're gonna like, yeah. we're gonna guide you through it. It's more um, than Final Fantasy fifteen can say. You know. Yeah, uh, that is true. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll star uh, British actress uh, Ella Belinska who. Uh, um, it was in the new Charlie's Angels movie. Um, what? 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she was. No, there was one? Yeah. Yeah, with, uh, with Kristen Stewart. 2019 reboot, yes. Yeah. Who? What? With Kristen, no. Yeah, yeah, 2019. You don't remember this? Neither does anyone else, I don't think. So, um, Who the fuck cares about Charlie's Angels in 2019? Weird, Why do they keep such doing a this? Weird, it is such a weird franchise to keep reheating. I, I totally agree with you. I love um, the way that the turntables, because like we've spent, again, two times in this podcast where Shane was like, Blah, blah, blah. And we were like, what? And now it's our turn to be like, yeah, 2019 Charlie's Angels movie reboot. You didn't hear about that? And she was like, what? (laughs) Patrick Stewart was in this fucking movie? Patrick Stewart was in this movie. Yeah, 100%. Uh, But anyway. Good for Kristen Stewart. That was was really cool. They they showed a scene where uh, Ella Balenza's character, uh, Frey Hollins, is kind of rolling around in this like ruin and it looks like she's just wearing active wear from like fabletics or something. But, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know. Like, what did y'all think of this? It wasn't like a super beefy trailer, but we did see more than we've it seen wasn't. before. It is very typical JRPG shit. And yeah. I love that it is because like here you have a JRPG ass JRPG starring a black woman. And that is just like, I did not expect that to happen so soon. Honestly, yeah. I, I really didn't. Square Enix is ahead in a lot of respects, but when it comes to, I think, dark-skinned yeah. folks and people of color, Pretty obviously behind. because of you know Japanese culture and colorism, like I, I expected this from an external team that Square Enix was going to serve as a publisher, like Outriders, right? I, I would not have expected this from an internal Square Enix team. Yeah. And so I... I think like nothing is immediately like super interesting. I mean, the premise is Frey Hollins is an ordinary woman thrust into a beautiful yet cruel world. Um, that is very typical JRPG shit. Um, sure. As a character, she's apparently real. She's raw. She's a girl who lost her way, both figura- figuratively and literally, and is a character that the actress immediately connected with, she says. Um, and she says, you know, I feel many people around the world will too when they set off on this. That's all very you know, typical marketing speak. That is nothing new that immediately catches my attention. But I think that's why it also works because like at the center of this game, you have a black woman leading it. And I just think that's like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, whoa, shit, wait, 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 wait. Like this is, this is internally at Square Enix. Like I am excited. I hope they, you know, I hope the writing serves her well i i hope the writing isn't bad or you know full of like questionable choices um i'd like to think that if they're gonna take this step they're gonna try to do it right um but yeah like that was that was so cool for me to see because i just the concept of a dark-skinned woman in an rpg like that is something i just resigned myself to not seeing maybe for like a really long time we should actually say what this game looks like in the trailer, which is it does seem like um, like you were basically saying from the marketing, uh, quoting the marketing copy there. It was like um, she seems to be like a person from like modern day world, mm-hmm. which is also somewhat unique for Square Enix uh, RPGs. And it looks very open world running around. Actually, the the most Final Fantasy 15 looking element of this to me is like running around a lot of kind of like 
open yes not not desert exactly but like steps is that is that correct like is that the kind of geography yeah. s-t-e-p-p-e-s yeah it looks yeah, so, yeah steppy it looks steppy yeah yeah no steppy um, no steppy oh wait <laughs> am i gonna yes steppy <laughs> yes steppy yeah <laughs> i'm gonna bring um, up a third problematic name no i won't <laughs> oh, no um, i can't it's um, <laughs> just like zipping around it they, they, they're very clearly using a lot of um recycled or or enhanced probably is probably the better word enhanced tech from final fantasy 15 with like the teleporting around and stuff and she mm-hmm. almost seems to be like a wizard type character she's not really swinging a sword um Geralt of rivia third person action rpg style but she's like summoning giant roots out of the ground and like creating like energy shields and it looks gorgeous it looks incredible um Mm -hmm. but it it definitely seems like like kind of like this um very sprinty flitty wizard kind of thing and also she's got like a wizard cape and then like sneakers on which i think is like good fucking <laughs> i think it's kind of cool yeah i think it's it kind of works look. yeah 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 just a position between the fantasy and the reality you know? yeah yeah like this the trailer opens with her seeing like a big dragon walking around outside of like a church or something like that and yeah. she says is that a fucking dragon yeah yeah, that yeah she's really like funny. is that a motherfucking dragon yeah i guess girl I liked I like turned my volume up because I was like, did she say that? I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know, and it good starts line. with that. It's interesting to see how Square Enix is being embracing more sort of like just like that right. kind of language. Like that is the first line that she says. Right. So it's it's interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this game is um, it's set for release next year. Uh, we'll see what that means if that's late next year or if that gets even bumped further, because obviously things are still up in the air, I would say, mm-hmm. with, with game releases. I expect uh, to see that in 2023. Right. But yeah. it's it's not only a, a PS5 game, it's a PC game. And I will say it is a PS5 game. Like this game is not going to come out for PS4. It looks like super, 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 super beautiful. Um, like this is a capital in next gen game. Um, yep. and, uh, looks good. It looks good to me. It looks interesting. I want to see what the loop is. I, you know, because yeah, yeah you're right, Steven. It's just like, yeah, it's a lot of flippy shit, you know, saw some flippy shit. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Are you doing quests? Right. Like, are you going from point A to point B? Cause that was actually like the best parts of final fantasy 15 to me were like just running around, uh, in the regalia, the, the card that they right. had and like doing like monster hunter missions for people. Sure. And it, it's like way too little a part of that game ultimately um but if they like make this kind of almost like witcher-esque experience where like it's a character moving from location to location kind of like just making their way across this big vast open area and you've got this like cool movement suite of options and it plays a little bit better than something like the witcher i'm way into that yeah Mm -hmm. and it has been confirmed as an octopus an action RPG. Um, I'm having trouble speaking today. What? And the project director. Did you also stay up till 4.30 a.m.? Like, <laughs> I wish that was the reason why I can't speak. I just, I, um, yo no puedo hablar inglés. Um, uh, <laughs> so yes, it has been confirmed as an action RPG. The project director and the studio head is Takeshi Aramaki. So we'll be seeing more of that eventually i don't think anytime soon but maybe like a small teaser in the summer do we think that this comes out before or after final fantasy 16 that's a really good question i think it's after after we 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 saw too much of 16 for me to think that that's not coming in the next like 
18 months. Um, yeah. But that's a really good segue because I do you think they, they've already announced they're going to do a summer presentation. Do you think that that's the big coming out party for 16? Like with like gameplay and, and kind of the loop and all that stuff? Like because I don't know. Maybe maybe it's wishful thinking. I kind of think it, it might be, though. It If it's coming out as soon as they say it is, yeah. which is soon for a Final Fantasy game right. um, from announcement mm-hmm. to release, uh, they kind of almost have to because yeah. a game's supposed to be out. Did they say this year or early next year? Well, Schreier said this year, but, this year. but I, yeah. you know, I don't know. Who knows? If they're if they are shooting for a like actually shooting for a 2021 release date, then summer is, I think, about the latest that we could possibly wait to see them like actually show what the gameplay looks like. Right. Um, that would make a lot of sense. I think at the summer showcase, we'll also probably see a bunch of N Walker yeah. is actually what I think we'll see a ton of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. is the final fantasy 14 expansion coming out this year for people who don't know this greetings is fitting me so well in the summer let's go <laughs> i hope uh, i hope we get to see final fantasy 16 in the summer anyway because i i personally don't think it will come out this year at all <laughs> i don't th- i i don't think so either honestly i th- i think like if if Forspoken comes out after, maybe it's at the end of 2022 or early 2023. I think 16 comes out like maybe early 2022, but we just don't, we just don't know yet. Uh, I just no. never like to underestimate Square Enix's potential to delay things right. and for yeah. not for bad reasons, like for good reasons, like, you know, delay it as much as you need to, but I just will never, you know, play it like, like assume um, a game will come out sooner than later because like I just keep thinking about again how Square Enix had a whole million dollar event around marketing the announcement <laughs> date for the release date for Final Fantasy 15 and they still delayed it after that. Now I will <laughs> say this how much of like the delays at Square Enix are actually Square Enix delaying its own games and how many of the delays at Square Enix are Nomura projects getting delayed? Uh, T. That's a good question. That's you a know, very good question. Because Nomura's not on this. They fucking right. took the, that th- away from him. There's, there's, not, there's not a single fucking zipper in Final Fantasy 16. So. <laughs> no, it's like fantasy. Yeah. It's like high fantasy right. kind of look. And it's Naoki Yoshida, the director of Final Fantasy 14, who basically built an entire like career out of his reputation as a closer now, like a guy who puts stuff out, yeah. which granted he did so off the back of like one game. But so far, they've never really had a missed deadline on a expansion yeah that, uh, that man delivers like he shared his chart for like a typical day in a recent final fantasy 15 like presentation slash live stream that man has bathroom breaks like written down precisely and i'm like dude like what if <laughs> wow. your tummy hurts even more than you anticipated like what but he Damn. still got shit done and we should say that entire team too. Even he himself is like yes. quick to say like it's, it's not team me effort. over here. It's it's the it's a team effort every time. Yeah. Um. So like obviously that can go different ways depending on how things you know go on the team level. But um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious because not having Nomura involved with this thing. Like I'm not actually a huge Nomura fan. Um. In general. Same. Um. But he seems like he's kind of in his own world now and actually working on a game that I like a lot, which is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, he has a slightly less involved role in that one. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's stepping away, part. he's stepping away from the next parts, really. Yeah, he yeah. is. That's right. That's um, right. I don't know. Now now I'm just laughing at the idea of me trying to wrangle my IBS. Like to figure if you like, <laughs> IBS, you are gonna listen to me and you're gonna take these like distinct bathroom breaks. My IBS Honestly, like, I have right, IBS too, right, and I'm just like wondering how Yoshida does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yoshida hmm. Yoshida absolutely does not live near a good Indian place that he goes to twice a week. Uh, <laughs> every week. Oh God. Um, I mean, it's, it's true. I just don't know how you would schedule these things. Well, for folks, closing thoughts. I, oh no, please go ahead. Oh, I was just, I wanted to get your perspectives, especially because I don't have a brain cell for this mostly. And like, I'm the little bit that I have, I'm lending to John right now so that he can utilize it for his full potential. (laughs) Um, But this was the first ever Square Enix presents. And I'm curious as to any thoughts that you had uh, in consideration to, you know, how this will plan out going forward, um, both for Square Enix and other publishers, um, how this affects Square Enix's presence at E3 and other shows in the future, um, how Nintendo has ultimately revolutionized how game development companies and publishers relay their info um, and their focus on not just like cold marketing and reaching out to press and like getting coverage but there's there's a much more uh, deeper focus on community building because these are ultimately Square Enix presents you know everyone could watch it but it's dedicated sort of to the Square Enix fan community and whatnot and everybody's doing this now yes yeah. so I'm Capcom does this mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm interested into any of y'all's thoughts on that <sighs> Well, I, I've I've got I've got an annoying thought, which is I hate that there are so many of these now. I mean, <laughs> like like the, so many of them don't need to happen, and the fact that now they're mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. decentralized, it kind of sucks for us. I think mm-hmm. um, because as much as I hated the the whirlwind of like E three and having all that stuff crammed into one week, it was crammed into one week, and then you're kind of fucking done with it, and now it's kind of like well every once in a while it's like oh yeah no ea's got a thing this week Ah. are there no positives that you get from like the idea of not of having to sit through things that you don't care about less i I, here is my here is my legitimate concern about this Mm -hmm. is i think the more the publishers are controlled like but believe me, like take this with a grain of salt because there's a big caveat Mm -hmm. here that i'll get to but it's like i think as publishers are more in control of how their games are being presented exactly in this way without kind of a third party involvement, they can probably do way more kind of markety bullshit, get away with not actually showing as much, get away without, uh, get away with like, um, curating and curating and catering to a very specific, um, group that they're trying to appeal to instead of like, someone's holding a show you need to kind of adhere to the standards of the show like i still think there are that that jump is not like that massive but i i don't know i'm like the more publishers are displaying like showing the stuff off and and kind of setting the marketing tone which is really all it is i think i am a little bit like disheartened about covering all of it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but that's me that's my cynical that's my cynical take on it. No, it's an important take. I don't know. I think for me, one of the big things with this that is so weird is that 
everybody's doing this now because it worked for Nintendo and right. now you don't have to pay the ESA yeah. a fucking $16 million payout every and, single and time. And the fucking uh, ESA the sucks too. It's like, this is, and they suck. This yeah, is just terrible. like, a no, like I'm, I'm not saying like, yeah, no, we should definitely get bring the ESA back and put them in their full potential again. It's like, that's not really what I want either, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. But no, as you see more and more people like say like, well, fucking Nintendo's doing it. How come we can't do it? Um, right. Then Vince McMahon voice like that. And the, the thing is, like a lot of the companies that are doing this and trying to make it happen just don't have the bench for it to support it. And so you end up with these really weird situations. It was all like EA play as a concept was already weird because like the people who play EA games, EA's catalog is so disparate and so different like it's not a community like the the people who play madden are not like I mean, there's certainly some crossover between the people who play madden and the people who play battlefield right but it's not like one-to-one the way that people who play mario and people who play zelda 100%. is much closer to yep you know yeah square enix is even getting a little bit weird there because 90 percent of their output that actually comes out these days are mm-hmm. a bunch of european studios that they bought 16 years ago um and are putting out new tomb raider stuff in Fortnite and whatnot uh which is another thing that got announced at the showcase they've they like we love Lara Croft this character that we've always been in charge of and definitely have a deep long history with that stretches back decades a character that we uh definitely did not just pay a bunch of money to acquire like within your lifetime um and um I think the couple of uh places that do it pretty well um uh capcom has done this very well because i think capcom is very smart about making sure that it is on a game by game and franchise by franchise basis um maybe more like the pokemon direct style than the nintendo direct style where there's a resident evil showcase and there's a monster hunter showcase and those two are very different groups and you can contain all of that information for that day into one thing instead of making everybody sit around and watch fucking pele talk about FIFA Ultimate Team NFTs or whatever, um, just so you can wait around to get to Star Wars Battlefront 3 getting announced or, or something like that. And that is the weird element to me is all that cruft that you have to wade through that like we just do not give a shit about. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was a really you're right. There was a really funny mix of stuff. It's just like. Oh yeah, here's uh, Outriders and Forspoken and Bubble Bobble, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, like, I like, you know, I sat like my dumb ass sat there and was like, oh fuck yeah, Bubble Bobble, but like no one else gives a shit about this. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There was just some stuff there that was like, all right, well. Y'all are just kind of getting the sweepings sweep. Yeah. Jordo, I love bubble bobble too. I love it. I just like <laughs> that. Stop moving the needle in that presentation. I guess it's like, it's just such a weird thing to put alongside all this stuff. It's like that whole presentation could have been, I don't know, like 25 minutes instead. It was closer to 45 with all this other stuff in it. That's the thing. It's just like, but, but I don't know if there's like that much, less filler with e3 i mean there were definitely like montages during major e3 shows i remember seeing where i'm like oh wow there's nothing going on here totally so you're right i don't know it's it's maybe it's at least (sighs) go ahead at least in those cases like then this is just a personal problem with us as people who overwork ourselves too much in those cases there was a i always felt better about skipping stuff that i just did not care about because it's like you got to move on to the next thing right, you gotta right. you, the master chief was gr- oh, great master chief is there uh i gotta go <laughs> check out crash bandicoot right. now um and if i didn't get a chance to talk about 
I don't fuck even fucking know. Like, um, I guess like not Cuphead because Cuphead ended up being awesome, but like Cuphead scale things that would be like in an indie showcase sure. at um at a Microsoft. Like, if you didn't get the time to talk about that, like you didn't have to feel so bad about it. But in this case, it's like, oh, I guess I, I guess I don't have enough stuff here. Right. To to excise this without it seeming conspicuous that, that I'm not mentioning it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except in cases where we intentionally don't cover stuff, which definitely does happen. Yeah, it does. But yeah, it does. Um, Natalie, why, why don't well, I want I want your thoughts on this? And then we can wrap up. Mm. <laughs> oh wait, thoughts. hold on. So wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. I let you Bloop. my brain. Cell. I, I send you. I send you the brain cell. <laughs> I send you the brain cell. I forgot to give it back to you. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think it's just. I know that covering this can be stressful for news writers in particular. Um, I like whenever a new one gets announced. I just kind of think of what a news writer has to, you know, write um, during their shift. Um, yeah. Especially because like. At least this year, from what we know, Jeff Keighley has said that the Steam Summer or like the Summer Games Festival will be a lot more centralized than it was last year. And understandably last year, I mean, everyone had to figure things out on the fly. So I totally get why so much news was staggered and why there were so many presentations and directs and conferences and whatnot. Um, I think people have gotten as they have adapted to the situation and also reevaluated how we're going forward in terms of like how we handle relaying information and developing games and like the position of the workforce and like working from home versus like I, I think after this we're gonna see and I hope to see more changes in terms of like the pressure to have developers work inside a studio. Um, this is a tangent, but just like, I think people have adapted uh, as a situation has only, you know, progressed. And I think they will keep having to find ways to adapt. And I think this allows for an easier avenue of communication and community building. Um, but I, I do agree that like, like in a way, I I like that I I know that you know I last weekend I think I watched the the Paradox Interactive sort of presentation and nothing oh, right. in there really interested me as someone who doesn't tend to play Paradox Interactive games. Right. So I if I wasn't on the news beat and sort of watching for any updates on Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines two, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> have watched it. Uh, at all and it's nice to know that I don't have to sit through a full day of like you know material and press and marketing so that I can get that little nugget of information that I want I can just you know wait for the actual publishers that I care about and companies that uh, make the games that I really enjoy um, to do their own thing but like John said like it's just a lot just <laughs> at the same lot. time so it's, it's, it's just a lot and there's already, you know, so much news happens in yeah, a given day. So for sure. Um, I don't know. For sure. Yeah. Well, we will get another one of these in a few months. Um, that will probably cover Final Fantasy 16, we, we guess, and some other stuff. Um, and we'll we'll continue to get more of these just from not only console manufacturers, but publishers and indies and collectives and Blah, 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 blah. And it's just, you know what's going to happen, folks? It's just like streaming. 
and we're going to get a million streaming services and then eventually they're all going to eat each other and then we're going to get E3 again and it's going to be one big E3 in 2031 and then it's all going to be the same again. Jeff You say that Jeff John Keely will but want it all. You say that but like to take that metaphor just a little bit further. Right. I just found out my I finally helped convince my parents to drop their cable package recently. <laughs> sure. Um, and that was the first time I had seen how much a fucking cable package costs in 2021. Yep. And uh, for all the people out there being like, um, oh, by the time you subscribe to the Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu, you're paying just as much. Like, nope, no, you're fucking you're not. not. It's still a yeah. it's still a better situation than, than it was. Actually, what's legitimately happening with cable, and this is the last tangent, and then we have to stop the show. Uh, but what's literally happening with cable is that the, uh, like people are being grandfathered into these expensive deals, and then they don't they don't ask any questions about them because they're. They're like older folks that just like think cable costs what it costs because right. like new plans on cable uh, subscriptions are typically not all that bad, like a brand new one. Like they're like maybe 60 bucks, 70 bucks, but at least in, at least when I looked at it, when I moved here, but like, yeah, it's like a lot of folks are like still paying these like $200 bills for a cable, yep. a cable service that like does, $200 a month, a, a month, right. That like, doesn't like it, it literally doesn't cost that much if you sign up for a new deal, but no one ever checks because like, that's just a thing that, uh, I think a lot of older folks are less prone to do. Um, yeah. so that's a thing that happens anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's in summary, let's, stop paying for cable. <laughs> stop paying. For, 99 potion says stop paying for cable. <laughs> That's the takeaway for this week. Stop ordering uh, games. Stop paying for cable. There you go. Um, okay, bring it a full circle. Steven, if people want to find you not paying for cable online, where would they do that? You can find me on Twitter.com at Steven Strum, S-T-V-E-E-N. Mm, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Yep, got there eventually, where you can find me tweeting, fuck the Star Devourer, the final secret boss of Etrian Odyssey <laughs> 5, who I stayed up till uh, 4 a.m. defeating last night because it was the most fucking unbalanced and horseshit boss I've ever faced in a JRPG, but he's dead now. Is that a feel um, good? to do that felt fucking felt fucking fantastic you did it though radiating right out of my pores and the good vibes that it gave me to end that fucker <laughs> i'm sure it wasn't the vaccine it was that yeah, yeah it's definitely not the vaccine <laughs> no yeah. the vaccine was what gave me the mental capacity it rewired my brain finally well enough to be able to beat that guy the vaccine makes you a gamer gross oh, gross oh no oh, no, no. Someone suck it out of my arm. Suck it out of my arm. <laughs> uh, Natalie, if uh, if you if people want to find you online, where can they find you? They can find me at Hardy Misia. That's heart I M E C I A. And I just want to say, Stephen, we are in episode thirty eight, and that is the first time that you struggled or like messed up with saying your Twitter username. And I think that yeah. is incredibly talented of you. Yeah, that's true. I, I've yeah, never, well, I've never heard you stumble over that. So that's amazing. I, 
I think when you guys were transferring some brain cells around between the two, <laughs> we you got some, a couple of strays. Yeah, we got some me. strays. Yeah, that's fine. Um, if you, it's fine. I'm happy to share. It. <laughs> Thank you. We we might need to borrow. We appreciate some at some point. it because we are always in need of that. Yeah, I mean, you could you could you could fucking set your watch to the dead air that's on this show sometimes when Steven says <laughs> something smart and Natalie and I are just like, duh, okay, <laughs> I guess. Um, Star Wars, Star Wars, right? Impacts on Star Wars. Star Wars character Deanna Troy, the Jedi. Whoopi Goldberg's in Star Wars, right? Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, if you want to find me online, you can do that over at floppyadult on twitter.com. If you want to find our wonderful producer, our patient producer, Jordan Mallory, our talented producer, Jordan Mallory, you can do so over at Jordan underscore Mallory. You can also find the uh, the uh, the amazing uh, Goodwill Goblin account. It's at Goodwill Goblin uh, that collects a lot of uh, really wild deals that Jordan finds over uh, or that a Goodwill Goblin finds. It's not actually Jordan. Jordan, you can do whatever you want to do with this. You can edit it yeah. out. You can edit some goblin noises. It's fine. But it's a good account. And you should go follow it. Uh, if you want to yeah, follow, the Goodwill Goblin is actually Jordan's bodyguard who yeah. wears like a suit of armor right. behind him the whole time. Yeah, and the Goblin's actually the person that sends us to the uh, International Space Station sometimes too. So it's cool. <sighs> anyway, if you want to find uh, Fanbyte, uh, the website, you can do so at fanbyte.com. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. You can also find all. Of our- <laughs> I'm just laughing because John is laughing. Like, why is he laughing? <laughs> I don't know. Just you think our website of, is funny, John? I just, just the idea of like, if you, if you're, if you're fucking, if you're fucking uh, f- 58 minutes or 68 minutes deep into this episode and you don't know what fanbyte.com is, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Um, <laughs> you know, no, you know, John, you say yeah, that. I, we would be surprised. You say that. That's true. Um, uh, people who, the, the crossover of people who listen to uh, video game podcasts that are hosted on websites that do text stuff and then those people don't turn around and then go read the articles true. on the website that's it's not true. an insignificant that's true. number that's you're super right uh, so you can go to see you can go to fanby.com to see uh, all of our wonderful pieces you can check out all of our podcasts at podcastnet.org or fanby.com slash podcasts um gosh i think that's about it i think it's time to uh go up to the bar don't you think Yep. Oh yeah. Um, and get it's a taste uh, of the vacky. Drink yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. We're uh, not only are we going to get a drink this time. We are going to ask for a little bit of that Johnson and Johnson vacky. Just pour pour it straight into that vial for us, and we're just going to tip it back and glug 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 I feel the gamer just running through my veins. Konami code. Bye.